Hi everyone, and welcome to Remaking Tomorrow, a series of conversations about the future of teaching and learning. I'm Ryan Radzeski here with Greg Baer, and we're the co-authors of When You Wonder, You're Learning, Mr. Rogers' Enduring Lessons for Raising Creative, Curious, Caring Kids. This is a podcast powered by Remake Learning, a network that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. On today's episode, we're talking with two teachers from two different suburban Pittsburgh districts, Anna V. Blake of the Elizabeth Forward School District and Melissa Unger of the South Fayette School District. Blake teaches computational thinking and computer science to elementary school students. Unger introduces first and second grade students to computer science, robotics, and engineering. Together, they're the co-authors of Capturing Creativity, 20 Easy Ways to Bring Low-Tech Steam into Your Classroom. Anna and Melissa, welcome to Remaking Tomorrow. Thank you so much for having us both. Melissa, let's turn to you first, please. Tell us how you came to your work. What initially captured your interest in STEAM, the acronym for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Mathematics? Well, for myself as a student, I was always really interested in art and science and just hands-on learning. And when I became a teacher, I knew that's what I really wanted to bring into my classroom as well. And so STEAM learning really gives students that opportunity to experiment and explore. And when I watch my students learn in that way, I see just how excited they are and how engaged. And it's something that really keeps me focused on bringing STEAM learning experiences to our students. Anna, the two of you have never worked together in the same school. In fact, your school districts, though they're both outside of Pittsburgh, are 30 miles apart. So how did you come to know and work with one another? You know, it's kind of a funny story. Melissa and I met at a local conference in Pennsylvania called Pete and C. And we started to really talk about STEAM, how we use it in our classroom, and how much we wanted to engage our students. So we switched Twitter accounts and email accounts and really started collaborating about what kinds of things could we do for our students using STEAM. So let's put ourselves back at that moment when COVID shut down our world. You found yourselves as teachers at home, separated from your students. So Melissa, tell us a little bit about what was on your mind. What were you thinking about? What were you worried about? Well, when the school shut down in March 2020, I think something that Anna and I had both talked about was this was kind of the busy part of the school year where we've gained so much speed and so much momentum and our students have done so much with their learning. So how could we keep that momentum going from a distance? We thought, okay, well, this is what we're posting on our online platforms for students to do, but how could we do a little bit more? How could we offer students some STEAM learning experiences that they could do from home, maybe with their siblings or with their parents? Our solution to this was to start a YouTube channel where we could do some of the activities, some of the projects that we were hoping to do in person that school year, but didn't have the chance, and presenting them to our students in kind of an informal, fun way for them to continue STEAM learning at home. Yeah, let's talk about that YouTube channel for a second. Anna, you and Melissa launched together what became the Pittsburgh STEAM Station. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were hopeful to accomplish with that station? And what did some of those early videos contain? We wanted to engage our students solely with those first two videos, making the tallest tower and creating a paper airplane. And surprisingly, those are still the top videos on our channel. The second step was seeing the reaction. Melissa and I had just spoken after school on the phone. 
hey, what do you think you want to do? Ah, maybe we should make this thing a YouTube channel. And it really skyrocketed from there. I think the big part of the Pittsburgh Steam Station is collaboration during the pandemic. We've had our friends and colleagues reach out to us. There's still some people on the Pittsburgh Steam Station that I've never met in person. And it sort of took on a life of its own. So, Melissa, a YouTuber, you became a YouTuber, and the Pittsburgh Steam Station really started to gather momentum, including in my own household. Eventually, you ended up with 34 different video lessons recorded not only by the two of you, but by teachers from dozens of school districts. What are some of your favorite lessons on that YouTube channel? What lights you up? Well, some of the things that really got me excited with our YouTube channel was the way in which different themes started to emerge. So we have quite a few videos focused on outer space. And I think those are great videos for students to really start as like a jumping off point into exploring a topic more deeply. We did outer space. We had, I think, four or five different ones related to that theme. We also had projects that were related to outside activities. And so when the pandemic happened and it was late spring, this was a great time for outdoor learning. And we got to experience some of those projects and activities that maybe we wouldn't necessarily have done in our classrooms had it been a more traditional school year. So that part was really exciting. Because we were doing this very informally, we were using educators in our network and people who had found us online and were interested and excited. It really gave educators that opportunity to take topics that they're passionate about and create these YouTube videos that they could then share with their students and with other students as well. And Melissa, how did you recruit other teachers to be part of this YouTube station that you created? It actually started really organically. I think at first Anna and I had talked about, well, we'll make a couple episodes. And then I think we both kind of quickly realized we loved making the episodes. We loved putting them out there, but we didn't necessarily want to be YouTubers. And so as we'd post these, people started commenting on our posts saying, oh, I shared this with my students or, oh, I really enjoyed this. And we thought, well, why don't we just start asking others to be part of this? And some of the teachers were people we had already known. So we reached out to them. We said, hey, we're making these quick two or three minute episodes. Do you want to be part of this? And I think other ones were relationships that we formed through the project where educators messaged us via Twitter and asked, can I do this? And I think that was really rewarding for us to see. It kind of validated our idea of putting those STEAM activities out there. But it also really helped to create a network for us as teachers as we were going through this difficult period in education to really form that community. And it's a community that's lasted through the pandemic. Teachers, we've been reaching out to each other, contacting each other, even during virtual learning last school year. Anna, you alluded to this earlier, but the station's viewership really hit some pretty impressive numbers after a while. Its reach extended even beyond Pittsburgh, even beyond Western Pennsylvania. Can you tell us about how it took off? I looked up the stats. We've had people watching our YouTube station for 466 hours. And I think that attributes to there needed to be a space for kids to collaborate and do something that involves low-tech options. At my very own elementary school, uh, Green Oak Elementary, we're doing our second annual STEAM Day, a day that never existed before. And each classroom takes one of the Pittsburgh STEAM Station videos, shows maybe all of it or a portion, and the kids together with the teacher make one of the STEAM activities. 
So for example, a paper airplane, or maybe the tallest tower, or a caterpillar. And each of the classrooms, we have nine at our elementary school, would do one of the activities. I think what's really neat about the reach, what the YouTube station can do, is that it can really transform into a vehicle for creativity. And I think that was our goal. So going forward, we're now about two years from when we created it. I can see that it's being used in all different kinds of ways. I know that we're both extremely excited with the channel still having views daily. As you should be. This is Greg Bear along with Ryan Rudzeski. We're talking with Melissa Unger and Anna V. Blake, two extraordinary teachers and the co-authors of Capturing Creativity, 20 Easy Ways to Bring Low-Tech STEAM into Your Classroom. Melissa, in the summer of 2021, the two of you co-authored a book about these collected lessons a book you entitled Capturing Creativity. And you write in your introductory essay that the book's central question is this, how do we create quality, low-tech, high-impact STEAM and maker learning experiences for all students? Why low-tech? That's probably the opposite of what a lot of people think of when they think about acronyms like STEM and STEAM. So when we were envisioning our Pittsburgh STEAM station at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the constraints that we had was we didn't know what students had access to at home. And so low tech was really the vehicle that we used to kind of focus our activities. We said, okay, well, how can we ensure that all students will have access to these activities? How can we make sure that they have what they need to actually do them? And so in our videos, we really highlighted how you could use everyday objects around your house, your daycare to bring those projects to life. Maybe you don't have traditional wheels to make a car. Well, that's okay. Maybe you can then take bottle caps and turn them into wheels. Or maybe you don't have specific building supplies. That's okay. How do you use recyclables? And so when we focused on the low tech, what we found was that it was less about the how and more about the why of what we were doing. And so students and children and families really had the opportunity to be as creative as they wanted to while still exploring the content. And I think that was something that really propelled the success of our STEAM station because it wasn't something that was limited by having to have a specific item or specific supplies in your home. Whenever we created our Capturing Creativity book, we really wanted to focus in on, again, that it wasn't about the supplies, but it was about using that creativity and about experimenting and pursuing questions that really is important for STEAM learning. Exactly. And as we spoke with colleagues, spoke with friends around the area, we realized that everyone has a different set of supplies. Some teachers are a librarian that does STEAM. Some people are in a district that doesn't have a STEAM budget. So we found that this book could be a resource to all educators giving them a set of instructions as well as kind of a memoir about how to create STEAM in any classroom. And after creating the YouTube channel and compiling this book, do you feel any closer to being able to answer that question? How do we create these quality, low-tech, high-impact activities? As a lifelong learner, I really feel that I'm just starting my journey as an educator. I think that this experience has really filled me up with that positivity 
and that inspiration that all educators need to keep going every day. And I think especially during a time like the pandemic, sort of that inspiration to continue on to dive deeper and continue to engage our students. Looking at it now, two years later, I feel like it has really given me the ability to be passionate about what I do. One example is my second elementary school that I teach. It's called Mount Vernon Elementary. They wanted to do a STEAM day similar to my other elementary school. And I had a colleague say, hey, do you think that I could head this up? And would you maybe just help me with supplies? I really feel that that was the best thing that's happened to me this year, that I had given someone enough confidence to really go ahead and head a STEAM day when there never was a STEAM day at this elementary school before. To me, it's always going to be a journey to be passionate, to keep STEAM alive especially now in the 21st century, I think we only need to continue to allow our students to be problem solvers, knowing that you don't have to have a certain monetary amount to incorporate STEAM in any classroom, I think is the real message that I hope that all educators get to hear. Capturing Creativity is simply a beautiful book. All y'all need to find this book. It's colorful, it has great photos. There are even QR codes that you can scan that would take you to the videos that accompany what it is that you're reading. Melissa, what do you hope that readers will take away from the book that you and Anna have co-authored, aside from the ideas about STEAM projects? There are a couple things that I'd really hope for educators to take away from this. One, just the accessibility of STEAM learning. The projects in there are great. Each project has a little bit of an explanation and a reflection from other educators who have done those projects in their classroom. So there's tips and tricks that people can use. but. It's not just about those projects. It's about inspiring teachers to feel like they can bring STEAM into their classroom, regardless of what subject area or what grade level they teach. In education, I think about that concept of providing a low floor and a high ceiling. And I think with STEAM learning, that really covers it because you can ignite students' interest, you can ignite their passion by giving them simple hands-on projects Maybe they don't take a long time in your classroom, but then you can really delve deeply and let students explore and iterate and add on to their learning throughout the school year with STEAM projects. And that can be something that's so powerful for both the students and the teachers. So I hope teachers see that. I also hope that reading this book, maybe not just teachers, but also parents can see how STEAM learning can take place at home or in other contexts as well. Again, it's not about the supplies, but it's about the asking questions and using your curiosity to figure things out. Anna, you talked a little bit about how launching the Pittsburgh STEAM station and writing this book has changed your approach as an educator. Has it changed you as a person at all? I think it's given me the ability to connect and want to connect with educators all over the country. Melissa and I met at a conference, and I thought that was the only way to network and connect with educators. And through this entire experience first of creating the Pittsburgh STEAM Station, having people comment, review on YouTube as well as Twitter, now authoring a book capturing creativity, 
I really see that there are a multitude of ways to network and connect and really start talking about the things that educators are talking about, like how do we get our students to be 21st century problem solvers? How are we engaging our students beyond a worksheet? These are really good topics that I enjoy now and really look for on platforms such as Twitter, such as Facebook, more so than I really honestly ever did before. And I know now Melissa and I love talking with colleagues that feel empowered to ask those questions now that they've hosted on the Pittsburgh Steam Station or they were featured in Capturing Creativity. I think building up and empowering a teacher network is something that I really had never put in as a goal that I hope has made some sort of impact in especially the Pittsburgh area. Ultimately, going forward, uh, this is just my eighth year of teaching, and I'm excited for the next part of it. I look at my kids, and I hope that they remember those experiences using the Pittsburgh Steam Station. You know, Melissa and I talk about the idea of memorable making quite often. We both talk about what did we do in elementary school and what kept us interested in creativity. And I think that really impacts our teaching styles. And honestly, Melissa has impacted me to want to go and build more making lessons, to look at more creative projects instead of those cookie cutter lessons that we as educators sometimes do get caught up in. So through the experience, I would say that I am lifted up and hopefully for the next 25, 30 years in my career, I can continue to look back at this time and uh, forge forward using innovation. So one thing that I wanted to add was I think as teachers, we're always asking our students to be creative and take risks. And sometimes we get so caught up in teaching that we don't necessarily think about that for ourselves. And so writing, capturing creativity and doing the YouTube channel was a big risk that Anna and I took and a big risk for our participants as well. And I think that was something that really will stick with me as an educator was that time where we took a, a difficult time in history and used innovation and creativity to not just benefit our students, but I think benefit ourselves as educators in our community too. Well, congratulations on such an accomplishment. Anna, how can listeners order the book and find out more about the work that the two of you are doing? Our book is available on Amazon. And you'll notice also people have used Twitter to talk about it. Both of us have very active Twitter feeds that showcases our work and the work that is in the Pittsburgh Steam Station and in the book. Can you share your Twitter handles for our listeners? Sure. My Twitter handle is Melissa Unger 15 And my Twitter handle is Anna B. Blake. Anna and Melissa, before we go, just one more question for each of you. And Melissa, I'll turn to you first, please. What's one thing that parents and educators can do today to make tomorrow a more promising place for every learner? I think one thing that both parents and educators can do is really encourage students' creativity. Give students or give children the opportunity to use their imagination, to ask questions, to solve problems, and then empower them to use that creativity and their imagination to create something new. And Anna? I completely agree with Melissa. I think the best thing you can do for 
any child is give them the time to be creative and shine. As adults, those are two things that Melissa and I speak about quite often. What educator or who in our life gave us the ability to be creative and gave us that time to shine? Thanks again to Melissa Unger of the South Fayette School District and Anna V. Blake of the Elizabeth Forward School District. Their book, Capturing Creativity, 20 Easy Ways to Bring Low-Tech Steam into Your Classroom, is available now. Remaking Tomorrow is powered by Remake Learning, a Pittsburgh-based network of people and organizations that ignite engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. Learn more at remakelearning.org slash tomorrow.